0: Well, just as God said, let there be light at the beginning of the world, just as God said, let there be light when he sent his son to be born, God continues to say, let there be light, and let there be light in your story, in my story. See, God knew that we needed to know the light, the truth about his light, in order to have life. John, the disciple of Jesus, who walked with him pretty much his entire ministry, and then was at, the, at his cross at the moment of his crucifixion. He's the one that was actually invited to take care of the mother of Jesus Christ by Jesus himself. As he was reflecting on the life of Jesus, he wrote these words in John chapter 1. He says, in him was life, and that life was the light for all people. So what John was trying to get across, and what he wants us to know, is that when Jesus was born, he came to be the light of the world. In Jesus resided something that was not in any other human being. He was a special creation. He brought light into a darkened world. And for over 2,000 years, people have been building their lives, giving their all, placing everything on the hope of this one that was born of a virgin in a town of Bethlehem, just as the scriptures say. And as he was born, at the moment he was born, it was as if the heavens did erupt and did open, and God said, let there be light. And it was so, Jesus came. That light came into the world to make it possible for you and me to live a different existence. Yes, darkness exists, evil exists. We saw evil roar its ugly head a week and a half ago. Our eyes were glued to the screens in Connecticut. We saw evil and darkness as exists. We also saw the light that can come into a dark situation as teachers gave their lives to save students. Darkness and life coexisting. And then Jesus comes that we could have light that that light would expel the darkness as we live for him That's why he came So as we talk about tonight, I want to come and talk a little bit about what the light coming means to you and me Just to make it really practical. Okay, what does it mean to you and me? So I want to begin by getting you to help me. Okay, just help me a little bit When we think about light and we think about the positive effects of light What are some of the positive effects of light? I want you to shout it out to me. Just shout out some of the things that light does for us. Light gives color. Warmth. It helps you see. Mood, did you say? It changes your mood? You bet. It it brightens your mood and lifts you up. Something. It gives you security. When it's dark and you see a light, it can make you feel safe. It can actually, when you... Focus it in a laser; it can cut through steel. There are all kinds of good and positive things and effects of light in our world. Light affects us all. In fact, light was the is the central theme and metaphor of Christmas. When Jesus, was, the prophecies of Jesus talked about in Isaiah that a light would come, when the angels came to the shepherds, the heavens split and it talked, and they ex- had the light shown to them traveling mystics they saw light and they traveled jesus was known as the light of the world and we all need to know that light because darkness exists now i just want to kind of give you a clue about this thing about darkness each one of us we're in one of three situations right now concerning darkness right now we are either headed into a dark season or a dark circumstance and we can't see it coming we don't even know that it's around the corner That's some of us. Some of us right now, we're in the middle of a dark circumstance or dark season. And even just coming here tonight was really a stretch for some of us because we feel as dark as this day felt. Others of us, we're coming out of that season. We're coming out of that season of darkness and we're starting to see light again. And we're just hoping for a moment of respite or renewal so that we can kind of get our feet under us again, in some way. Maybe you lost a job this year. Maybe for some of you, you lost the second job this year or the third job since the Great Recession began. Some of you, and this is true in my home, you've lost a loved one this year. Maybe you've received a bad health prognosis or a diagnosis in some way. Maybe you got overlooked for the promotion that you just knew would be yours. Maybe you had a child that is sick or got sick this year, or maybe your child went south and went a little sideways, and is creating a lot of chaos in your family. Maybe a family member even ended up in jail this year, and so there's all kinds of turmoil going on of that darkness. Some of you, you've watched your retirement, you know, you kind of banked all your life and put it away and you dreamed that it would hold you over until you did you know till you died someday and you've watched it dwindle down that now you're wondering if it's going to make it till your end maybe you've had a crisis in relationship and i send out an email blast every thursday and this week i asked for responses back from people about how this year has been for them and it was amazing to me how many responses were about relationships that had gone south, haywire crazy stuff happening where people were now left without a home or a place to live or all kinds of turmoil no christmas for them at all maybe it's your marriage or your family and today what you're doing is you're wondering does anybody really care does anybody care about the darkness that you're in well you know what if you don't get anything else from our time tonight god wants you to know that he cares God wants you to know that he understands. God wants you to know that he sees. He cares for you. And he sent his son so that you could have light, so that you could have hope, so that you could know that there's something better, and you could experience that. So tonight what I want to do is I want to talk about what would it be like to embrace the light, and how would that help me in life. I'm going to cover four things. It's going to be really quick. So you don't think I'm going to cover four things. It's going to take a long time. It's going to be really quick. And what I want to do is I'm going to give four examples so that you can kind of remember what we talked about tonight. But the first thing I want to talk about is this. The light of Christmas reveals what I can't see. Now, I have my, ha- my handy shopping bag here. I've done my shopping. And so the first thing that represents, reveals something I can't see, is my spotlight. Okay, this is a million candles, so hope I don't get this down right in your eye, because it hurts. I've done, I looked at it by accident. Okay, so a million candles. So you got this light, I wanted a three million, you know, but I couldn't get one. So we got this million candle light, and what this does is when you have a spotlight and it's dark, a spotlight reveals for us what we can't see, powerful things. And Jesus came to be a spotlight to reveal to us things we can't see, two things, one, he came to reveal God to us because we can't see God. There's all kinds of crazy ideas about what God is like. I actually Googled this, Googled what is God like, and it's got lots and lots of responses uh, when I was looking on, online at this. But I just, here's a couple of them. just wanted to share them. I had to really you know, look through this a lot and sift through this. But here's a couple. What is God like? I like to think of God as the sun and myself as a ray of sunlight. So really, I'm God too. That's just one example. Somebody said, what is God like? Oh, like I like really, this one. This guy, okay, God is a lot like my pastor. I don't see him through the week, and I don't understand him on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> what? There's <laughs> a spotlight out in your eyes on that one. <laughs> okay, someone else said this. I, I have no idea what people are thinking. I like to think of God like a giant brain floating in space, okay? <laughs> Well, see, it's no wonder that we get confused because we can't see God. Well, folks, the good news is that God does want us to know the answer of what he's like. And so he sent Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us to walk the planet so that when we study Jesus, we can know him. We asked our chairs to read through the four gospels in December, all four of them, so that when we got to Christmas, we could really understand why the celebration of the baby is so important. Because when we see Jesus as he's a man, we can learn why he came, and we can learn more of what God is like. Look at what it says in Luke 2.32. It says, he, talking about Jesus, as a light to reveal God to the nations. One of my heroes is Billy Graham, and he said this, when I want to know what God is like, I take a long look at Jesus Christ. In another place, Jesus said about himself, he says, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So Jesus shows us what God is like. Okay, so you look about, you, look, you study Jesus. Okay, what is God like by looking at Jesus? First, you see by watching Jesus and reading about him that God adores children, that God loves children. Jesus said, "Let the chi- don't keep the children from coming to me. And you know what, folks? We have assurance from the Bible. And all 20 of those kids who lost their life in Connecticut are wrapped in the arms of God. Are wrapped in his arms because God loves children. See, when I look at Jesus, I see that God is full of compassion. He's full of love. When I look at Jesus, he cried over the city of Jerusalem and the pain the people were in. Jesus shows me that God is right here. So he's not out there in the distance somewhere Emmanuel means God is with us. And so I look at Jesus, I realize that God is right here and He's close. He's really close, the Bible says, to the brokenhearted. We are not alone. In Jesus, I see that God is not finicky and He's not impossible to please. And Jesus wasn't finicky, He didn't have a home. He was homeless. And He certainly was pleasable. He was someone who was pleasant, He drew people to Himself. Jesus shows me that God enjoys hanging out with lepers, with the diseased, with the broken, with the sinners. You know, all the messed up people, all the people like us. God enjoys hanging out with people like us. In fact, I just want to kind of help us out a little bit tonight. So would you turn to your neighbor right now and say this to them? I hate to be the one to tell you, but you look pretty messed up. Okay, just turn to your neighbor right now. (laughs) Okay, you're having too much fun. (laughs) I realize with the weather, we do look pretty messed up, don't we? Trying to get here tonight, it was pretty rough. But it's just true. And you know what's one thing I love about our church? It's just a place for messed up people. And God's just trying to get us to be a little straighter, but he accepts us being messed up. When I look at Jesus, I thought this was fascinating. Someone pointed out to me a couple weeks ago, God likes to wash dirty feet. He likes to make us clean. Jesus shows me that God is not like Zeus who, when he gets angry, throws lightning bolts at those that he's mad at. In fact, the opposite is true. Jesus went to a cross, and he took the punishment that we deserved because God loves us and wants to set us free. See, folks, the reason that this is so important is that when we really know what God is like, we realize that we can trust him to take care of the problems we have when we surrender ourselves to him. Okay, first of all, Jesus, the spotlight, reveals what God is like. Second, he reveals what we are like. He shows me my heart. When Jesus came and he walked on the planet, people would see Jesus, and as they saw Jesus, they saw themselves for who they really were. Many of them rejected Jesus many in our world today reject jesus because when jesus shows them who they are they don't want to see it and they push him away or reject him in some way but jesus shows us who we really are because he really cares look what it says in luke two thirty-five. 35 says the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and then jesus says this about us he says Everything that's hidden will eventually be brought into the open, and every secret will be brought to light. Some of you might want to take that verse, maybe type it on your computer screen and, and put it and uh, print it out several of them, and then paste them and tape them in certain places. One of them would be on your computer screen itself. One of them might be on the refrigerator. One of them might be in your wallet, close to where your credit card is. One of them might be in the mirror in your bathroom as you're thinking about the words that you say in your home that people feel. We may think we do things in secret, folks. But someone told me this quote again this week, and I think it fits so well. We're only as sick as our secrets. And Jesus knows that, and he comes to show us what is on the inside. So that we can be real with him and so that he can cleanse us and he can make us whole. So the first thing that Jesus came to do, spotlight, is to reveal things that we can't see. Second thing is Jesus showed came to show us where to walk. So I have my flashlight out of my office. This is in case the power goes out here or in case somebody comes in, I can use this, okay? So it comp- I was surprised the battery still worked when I went and got it out. Okay, so this flashlight, it shows me where to walk, and that's what a flashlight does. A spotlight shows way out, and it shows me what I can't see. A s- flashlight has a limited scope, so it really kind of shows me only what's ahead for a little bit in the steps I take. So Jesus comes as the guide, to show me where to step. Look at what it says in John eight twelve. Jesus says about himself. He says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, follow me, where I guide, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. One of our favorite family memories... Uh, Kim and I love to laugh about this, especially because it's on me and my expense, okay, is that uh, when, it was right after we first moved here, uh, we went camping over at Fort Bragg. Many of you like to go do that, going over to Fort Bragg and camping, and we were in a back corner of this campground we were in, and it was dark. There were no lights, and uh, the fog had come in. You know what it's like when the fog comes in over there, and you can't see, and it's just dark as it can be. It's about two o'clock in the morning. We're asleep in our tent. I had to do business, okay? So I I said, okay, I got to get out. So I, my sleeping bag, and I'm making all kinds of noise because, you know, guys, we like everyone to know what we're doing, you know, making all kinds of noise. And then I go to my tent, and I pull the tent up, and I stepped out without two things I desperately needed. One was a flashlight, and the other one was my glasses. And so I stepped out into the dark. You know, I'm doing pretty well. I'm just, you know, doing along, going to do my business. And then Kim hears a, ah, thud. Oh, groan like that. She didn't come to rescue me, but she heard all that. <laughs> and what had happened is, is that as I'd slipped out to the tent to go where I was going to go, is that uh, someone had cut a tree down, and he'd left a stump about this high. And so as I'm walking along, I kicked that stump with my shin fell to the ground with a thud, Luckily, I didn't break anything. But what happened is there was a gash in my shin almost to the bone. And it was really bad. It got infected. The rest of our vacation, we're in and out of drugstores trying to figure out, care of this infection I have. I have a scar to this day to, make, to help me remember that, Ron, when you go out in the dark, you need a light. You need a flashlight to take with you. Here's the deal. God sent Jesus to be a light for us because when we walk without him, we are really walking in darkness, and we need him to be our light. In the series that we just finished, we talked about the Bible, and we talked about the power of the Bible, and we said, the Bible is like a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path. And when I go to the Bible, when I go to God's word, he really has printed everything there for my benefit. It's for my good. You know, it doesn't work sometimes to ask Siri. It doesn't work to go to Google, Google Maps every time. But when I go to the Bible, God guides me. And Jesus came as the light to be my guide. Third thing is this, as we look about, as we think about why Jesus came and the light that he is, is the light of Jesus helps me overcome my fear. Now, I had to work really hard for this one about how you would remember this. But when I was thinking about the light that helps me overcome fear, I thought of a nightlight. Now, we're a nightlight kind of family, and so we have nightlights in our home. And this is actually from our kitchen, uh, and it's our little snowman nightlight. And so when you have a nightlight, you leave it on so that, one, you can kind of see around, but also because when your children were young, and many of your children, and so that they would, you know, they would wake up at night or it'd help them go to sleep because they realized that if they woke up and heard a noise that the boogeyman wasn't there, you know? And so this nightlight could give them courage and help them not be afraid. And Jesus came, and God's, folks, we live in a world with a lot of fear, and honestly, there's a lot of things to be afraid of, but when he came, he says, you don't have to fear. You can trust me because I 'm the light of the world. In fact, look at what the angels said. This is in, uh, so familiar to us is the Christmas story. It says that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the lord 's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel assured them, don 't be afraid." Now we talked about this statement last week. We said that 's the sta- standard angel line, okay when they come. And you see an angel, they're not these little cute, cuddly, chubby things, okay? They Angels, if you study angels, they're huge, dynamic, massive creatures. And so when they come, and especially when they come like these angels came, it would create fear in us. So their first line is, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, because I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but 365 times in the Bible, it says, do not be afraid. Do not fear. Do not let fear rule in your heart. Don't let fear paralyze you. Have courage. And Jesus came to light up our night and remind us that no matter how we're feeling, because fear is a feeling, no matter how we're feeling, that he is with us, And we don't have to be afraid. Now, I knew we have kids with us tonight, so I wanted to, you know, talk to kids. And also, I think that all of us will be able to understand this as we do it. But I'm going to read a story to us. It's called, Can't You Sleep, Little Bear? How many of you read this to your kids or had it read to you? Not that many in this crowd, but several people did. Uh, This is the DVD version, just so you know. Uh, And so, the Can't You Sleep, Little Bear. And I want to read this to us because it really helps us to understand what we're talking about. I had a friend who was talking about reading this book to his kids, and he says it never failed. Every time he would read this book, by the time he was finished, they'd be fast asleep. So I'm going to read it, and I hope it doesn't put you fast asleep, okay? Here we go. During the day, we're going to have pictures for you too, by the way. During the day, Big Bear plays with Little Bear in the sun and snow. At nighttime, Big Bear takes Little Bear to the bear cave, tucks him in and tells him it's time to go to sleep. But Little Bear can't sleep. Little Bear is wide awake. Big Bear pads over his bed and says, can't you sleep, little bear? No, I'm scared. Why are you scared? Because of the dark. What dark? The dark that's all around us. Big Bear notices that there are corners in the cave that are still dark. He gets out a tiny little lantern and he says, now you can sleep. Now there is light. But Little bear, st- bear still can't sleep, and he tosses and turns. Big Bear tries a, a bigger lantern. Then he brings out the biggest lantern of them all. But Little Bear still cannot sleep. He tosses and turns because he's afraid of the dark. Big Bear says, it's all light in here. Little Bear said, I know, but it's dark out there. He points outside the cave. Little Bear picks up, Big Bear picks up Little Bear and says, let's go out there. Out into the darkness? Yes. But I'm afraid of the dark. But they go outside. Big Bear says, You don't have to be afraid, little bear, because I brought you the moon and all the twinkling little stars. But little bear could not hear because he had gone to sleep warm and safe in Big Bear's arms. Isn't that a great story? Great story to just reflect on. See, what made little bear unafraid of the dark was not the moon. It was not the twinkling stars. What made little bear able to fall asleep was that he was in the arms of big bear. He was in his father's arms. And Jesus came to show us that the father cares for you. And when you're scared, you can trust him To hold on to you. In fact, look at what Jesus says in Matthew 14. He says this: He says, Don't be afraid, take courage. I am here. So, one more thing I want to show us before we leave. One more idea about the concept of light, another metaphor that we can kind of wrap our brains around. And this one has to do with this candle here. This candle represents God's invitation, it represents intimacy with Him. As we come to him, and so a candle when we light this, I think I can light it, there we go. We light this candle i don't know if you're aware of this, but hundreds of years ago, before we had night lights and street lights and uh, porch lights and all the ways that we can you know light our way home, uh, before we had all of that in the dark dark world that we had, is that what folks would do is when their loved ones were gone at night, they would put a candle and they would light it and they would put it in the window. And because it was so dark, that candle did cast a glow. And when you're trying to find your way home, this candle could lead you home. You know what? This candle is more than just a way home to guide you home. This candle is an actual invitation. You think about a candle. A candle represents intimacy. It represents your home. It represents your living room. And now it represents God's invitation that you would come home to him. I want to read to you a verse from John chapter 1. Uh, Jesus is talking about Jesus Christ, and it says this, so the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory the glory of the Father's one and only Son. He came and he made his home among us, and he invites you and me to come into the intimacy of his home. Now, when I talked earlier, and I talked about these times of darkness that we all face, that sometimes on the journey of life, we can get pretty doggone tired. Sometimes life really takes its toll on us. Sometimes we can feel like we can't go another step. Sometimes we feel like everything's against us. Sometimes we get close to thinking we want to cash it in. But see, the invitation that God gives to us is that he wants us to come into his home so that we can find rest and we can find peace. Jesus gave us the invitation He was speaking to his disciples, and he said this in Matthew 11. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary, all of you who carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. How about you? But I have felt like that a lot. Maybe you feel like that tonight. Jesus' invitation is, is that you would come to him, that you would receive that invitation that he's the light of the world. He came for you, and he wants to offer you rest. Rest from trying to prove yourself. Rest from all the striving to become someone that someone would look up to. Rest from all you're trying to gain and get and get in this world. And so he says, come to me, and you will find rest. So if we're honest, that may be where some of us are tonight. what he did 2,000 years ago is he sent Jesus so that we could know the way home. He wants all the weary travelers to come home. The message of Christmas is that he came to show us what we can't see. He came to help us to know where to walk so that we would walk with wisdom through life. He came so that we could know that we can have courage even though we have fear. And he came so that we could know that we're invited into his house. May you find his light.